Jewish audio on Chabad.org. The Basics of Hasidus, Chapter 10, When Darkness Will Shine. In explaining the second method of Ishabcha, Hasidus goes a step further. Regarding the future era, the culmination of the Dira B'tachtonim process, the verse describes that at the time of evening, there will be light. Hasidus explains that this nighttime light is of a different kind. This prophecy is not describing that the day's sunlight will shine at night. Instead, it indicates that the night itself will shine as day. Rather than a higher consciousness shedding new perspective on reality, existence itself will transform its very own self. The ultimate revelation is not about the greatest light arriving to this world. It is about what the world is in and of itself. Rather than being only about light banishing the darkness, Dirabatachtonim is also about the darkness starting to shine. The obvious difficulty in visualizing such an idea is its utter impossibility. Darkness can't shine. Light does. Of course, the all-powerful God can cause revelation and concealment to coexist. He's God. But what does it mean that the darkness itself will shine? A comparison. In the Kodesh HaKadoshim, the Holy of Holies within the Temple, opposites would coexist. Representing the boundless revelation of God, the delineator of all definitions and rules, the Aron, the Holy Ark, housing the tablets, would transcend opposites. When one measured the room, the ark did not seem to take up any space. Yet, when one measured the ark, the precise biblically required measurements were observed. What was the cause, what was the cause of this wondrous phenomenon? One can understand that the two opposites of space and transcendence represent two modalities of divine revelation. God's natural order causes the ark to take up space, and God's boundless infinity causes it not to take up place. God possesses both powers, and he can stuff them both into one room. While this understanding is true, there is more to it. There is yet greater depth to this phenomenon that is relevant to our topic at hand. On a deeper level, The space of the ark itself did not take up space. Without any miraculous input, nature itself and the dimensions of physical space transcended their own definitions. Rather than being manipulated by an external infinite force, the natural space was able to discover within itself the ability to transcend its own definition. Impossible as it sounds, The space within the Holy of Holies recognized the presence of God's essence dwelling within his temple, causing it to rethink its own parameters. The dimensions of space realize that instead of viewing themselves with their regular definitions, they can refocus upon God's ability that makes them be. Because God is undefined, his ability for nature and the supernatural are not individual or distinct from each other. The statement God can do anything includes all abilities equally, as they are all expressions of his omnipotence. Limitation and transcendence are merely a matter of presentation 
rather than distinct forces. The space itself realises that it need not take up space, so it does not. The space realises that God wants the ark to have specific measurements, so it does. Space or no space simply are external expressions of God's undefined ability. Back to the topic at hand. This insight into God's undefined ability allows some inkling of understanding as to how darkness will shine. The concealment of godliness found within our world will realize that it can recalibrate itself upon the coordinates of God's ability, its ultimate source. Rethinking its parameters, concealment can also reveal, because for God, both concealment and revelation are one thing, his boundless ability. Until the future redemption, the culmination of the Dirabatach Toinim, this enigma will remain. Until this actually happens, we will not be able to fully imagine its possibility. Yet, when it does transpire, it will be hard to think of how life was without this realignment. Rather than considering revelation to be the only means of divine revelation, we will appreciate that concealment too openly reveals God's presence. We will look back at our lengthy suffering and exile and realize that God was with us all along. The Jewish people will declare, Oidcha Hashem ki bi, Thank you, God, for you were angry with me. The thanks will not only be in consideration of the growth and repentance achieved during the difficult times. Additionally, we will be able to recognize how our experiences were all truly good. In the present, such an attitude is impossible. However, in the future era, when darkness will be transformed and shine brighter than the greatest light, we will achieve complete comfort for all of our pain. The real world. Considering the above, it can be understood how our world will ultimately handle the boundless future revelation. Rather than being superimposed from outside of our parameters, it will have been developed from within. From the depths of exile, our redemption will sprout. From within the confusion and darkness, the world will discover its true self. Hosting godliness will be realized as our truest normal. Mamale, Soviv, and Atmos will all be brought into our world by our own efforts, and our diverse world and society will perceive it as the most natural reality. The miraculous will coexist with the natural order, the physical will inspire the spiritual, and even the lifeless will become alive. The lowest of all realms will be home for God, the one who defies all definition and limitation. Indeed, we will be the ones to have fulfilled his desire, thereby completing the purpose of all existence. Section 8. Achievement. The True Realization of Ahdas Hashem. The transformation of our world into a bastion of godliness is an ultimate expression of Ahdus Hashem. As discussed at length in a previous chapter, the true oneness of God is understood to mean that God is the only existence. This was explained with the idea of Bittel, where creation's dependence on God and lack of inherent substance allow us to conclude that created existence is a non-thing. Existence is authentic, but its feelings of self-centered existence are not. 
The creation of the Dira B'tachtoinim takes this to the next level. Rather than the world becoming bottled by understanding some big ideas, the world itself will experience reality as inseparable from God. The world will be bottled from its vantage point, recognizing that God is all that truly is. With the creations themselves embracing God's unity, it will come to be realized that just as God has no bounds, so too his unity is all-encompassing. God is one within the worlds just as he is one beyond the worlds, and even the worlds know that. With this in mind, living after Hashem in the current age is intrinsically important. When we apply the teachings of Hasidus to internalize that God is the only true existence, we precipitate the ultimate realization of his unity. Beyond fulfilling the fundamental mitzvah of Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad, in the most perfect manner, it also allows us to taste a sample of the Dira B'tachtonim reality. When the heavens lend a hand. Having explained that the ultimate purpose is realized in this physical world, the question becomes, what then is spirituality's contribution to the transformation of our world? We mentioned in passing that the purpose of spirituality is to enliven and inspire the physical. As explained, our tangible reality is the focal point of the spiritual, with all eyes being on the physical world, the ultimate destination. All spirituality is for the sake of this world, which is destined to become the home for God's essence. Let us take a look at the vital role which spirituality plays in the Dira process. First, without the spiritual worlds, we would be unable to relate to godliness. God could have surely created our physical reality directly from his essence without any intermediate realms of his stauschless, but we would feel unengaged. God's essence is unknowable. So for us to gain intellectual awareness and appreciation of him, he created these realms of godly revelation. The Sephiris and supernal worlds provide an, provide an amount of relatability for us to understand at least some amount of godliness. This godly knowledge allows us to internalize godliness on our level, something crucial to our ability to create the Dirabatachtonim from within our parameters. Aside from this knowledge being the fulfillment of the important mitzvah of knowing God, it also causes passionate feelings of love and awe towards God that inspire our actions. As the verse states, know the God of your father and serve him with a whole heart. Second, the fact that the lower rungs of Ishtaushalus descend from the higher levels of transcendent revelation causes an important factor of Bittal. When the inhabitants of the lower worlds perceive that they were originally absorbed within these higher realities and only later developed into their present form, it causes them to strive upwards. In their place of origin, they existed without any substance or self-awareness. There, they were completely absorbed. Therefore, the yearning to return to their original state of non-existence causes a great deal of selflessness. It is for this bittle that the lower worlds were created from the higher worlds and not in a one-step process. However, by no means is the spiritual meant to become our destination. 
true bittle leads us to not be concerned with our personal state of being. Instead, we become unsatisfied with just feeling accomplished and we search to approach God himself. God is found in us fulfilling his desire and as a result, our world becomes the place for us to meet God face to face.